Weekend to conclude the championship contains all the contentious decisions seeing Camish, Colin and all competitors come to blows at Brands Hatch. Hello and welcome to the penultimate podcast of the season um, and one that involved us going to a very wet Brands Hatch. Yeah, still recovering. Yeah. Still, still tired, still damp. So we went down on the Saturday afternoon in... Torrential, torrential rain. Yeah. Um, set up a tent because we thought that was a good idea in March. In fairness, the rain had related a little bit when we did the tent. That was probably the bit, we yes. had picked the best time to set up the tent of the day, I think. Yeah. Um, so we set that up and got all ready for the action on Sunday, which, well, it came from all angles. It did. The first action was getting all the stuff in the Mazda uh, yeah. MX5 to get that down there. Uh, your belligerence in insisting that we were going to go in it. Hey, it all fitted. It did. Yeah, with room to spare on the way back. I'm yep. not entirely sure why, but yeah, it all fitted. Um, the tent was fine, cold, wet. Yeah, didn't sleep particularly well, but I think the uh, racing certainly made up for it on the Sunday. I hate camping. Fair enough. I guess we're not camping next year then. Not at October, no. We might camp <laughs> at the opening round, not at the last round. Blimey heck. Okay then, I think we should get on and have a look at qualifying. Qualifying report. Well, as we just mentioned, Saturday was a very wet affair, and it was that at the track as well. Yep. Uh, rained all session, uh, in a session that was stopped by two red flags. First of all, by uh, Matt Simpson uh, at Paddock Hill. Yeah, he's not, he's not the best of times this year on the track, has he? No. Or, well, he's been off the track more often than he's been on it, I think. Um, he followed up a particularly poor outing at Silverstone with a poor start to his Brands weekend. Yep, uh, the other red flag was ca- caused by one of the title hopefuls mm. in Andrew Jordan. Beached. He went off late into the session, about five, seven minutes left. Yep. Um, and luckily enough, he'd been setting quick times all, more, all, all afternoon, should I say. And he was lucky enough that although you get red flag, you lose your quickest time, his backup time was good enough. And that actually put him third on the grid. Which is where he was anyway. Yeah. So he, he didn't lose out in the end. Uh, most importantly, the title contenders, Turkington qualified where he needed to, pole position with yeah. a stunning lap. I mean, over three tenths quicker than Ashley Sutton in second. Yeah. Crazy, crazy it's lap. ridiculous. Crazy lap by Um Cook was down in eighth, which is good for him this season. Yeah, um, yeah, it is for him this season, to be fair. He, he has struggled a little bit. Camish was, was down in twelfth, and we thought, oh... Well, of all the, as I said throughout the season, Cambridge has been an incredibly strong qualifier. Mm. And of all the weekends to pick not to strongly qualify, uh, he picked this one. Although, in fairness, Matt Neal also seemed to struggle the car home uh, just behind him. Yep. Um, and also, to be fair, I mean, it was an odd qualifying session. You look at Jake Hill finished sixth. Yep. Uh, you had Plato down outside the top ten, down in 16th. Uh, Tom Ingram, 17th. It was a very odd, bit all over the place qualifying session. Chilton uh, down in 19th. And and this has been the big, biggest spread of times the whole year. I understand, yes, it was a wet session. And when you set your time in that session, is very much dependent on the weather conditions and, and where you find the grip. But only the top five are covered by one second. I find it odd how low down Ingram in particular was, because we know he likes these conditions. Yes. We've seen Moffat inside the top ten, loves the wet. 
Uh, Ashley Sutton, second, loves the wet. I'm surprised Ingram didn't really seem to get the car hooked up at all uh, for that. And then we also heard later on that Chilton had the wrong setup on, which is why he finished. So Yeah, I, I think all of the Motorbase um, Fords had a, a drier setup on, shall we yeah. say, because uh, they really did struggle in qualifying. But any shocks in there for you? Uh, not really. I mean, Jake Hill sick. That's a very good effort, to be fair. In a car we know is not the quickest on the grid. That's a good effort. Um, and his redemption, in my eyes, at least, continues. Um, I've changed my view on him, as I touch on when we do the season review pod. Uh, I think the main shock for me was Turkey. <laughs> I mean, how quick yeah. he was. He's not... Full ballast as well. He's not set the world alight qualifying this, this season. Let's, nope. let's be honest. He's, he's been consistent. He's been strong. But, you know, he's been overshadowed by... Jordan a lot of the time mm. in qualifying this season um, yeah, I suppose he's the biggest shock and we know Brands has a couple of long straights but they weren't even towing no, they weren't. Uh, because of the weather and the spray and to be that much quicker is, is astonishing I suppose you're never surprised it's Mark Blundell 21st that's a decent um, yeah. attempt to be fair to him that's not a bad attempt at all um, in a car again that's slow a car that he's not still not quite fully used to that's a decent effort race one well then, we'll kick off with race one, and it was wet, wasn't it, on the grid? Yeah, it was damp, should we say. It was damp. Um, uh, the Porsches had lifted a fair amount of water off the circuit. Yep. Uh, it was certainly wasn't dry, uh, but most cars had gone out on slick tyres. Yep. I think all the cars had gone out on slick tyres. Yeah, um, all of them started on slick tyres on slightly damp track, as you say, and it's the start was mixed. Bushel got a shocking start from ninth and just dropped back through the field. Um, Sutton got an excellent launch off the line. Absolutely, yeah. Hooked um, it up, launched it. Excellent. And then the three BMWs side by side by side going into Paddock Hill, and you're just thinking, oh God, who's who's not coming out of this? Yeah, Dick would have had his uh, heart in his mouth at that point, probably closing his eyes. Uh, yeah. As we know, he's always had words with Jordan this year about his conduct with Turkington. Um, so yeah, but they they got out unscathed and yep. it was a uh, you know well, okay. Oliphant came out worse to that and dropped down a few places down to about sixth. Um, but yeah, Turkington followed Sutton through. Uh, Camish also had a good start on yep. the first lap, came up to eighth from twelfth. Yeah, and it's exactly what he needed in that race to make the moves early when the field is nicely bunched up, and um, he certainly did that. He sure did. And then the rain came down. Uh, yeah. Well, it didn't really but, come down, did it? I mean, it well, spat. First, first of all, Plato had a little nudge down into Graham Hill. Yes. And went for a slight excursion up the hill. Yeah, he, he, well, yeah, he, I don't know if he got a nudge or if he just dropped a wheel on the grass. It, yeah, he made a couple of sort of those errors over the weekend. We saw him make a few errors in the wet at Silverstone last uh, time out as well. Yeah, that dropped him all the way back to the, down to 26, um, which... He fought back throughout the rest of the weekend quite well. Oh, yeah. um, Butcher looked just as quick as Camish on yeah. the slicks. Yeah. Um, it's wet, Butcher always as well in the wet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which gradually shuffled Jordan back as well. Yeah, well, again, as, the, as it got colder and wetter, the BMWs got slower and slower. It was as simple as that, really. We know that they can't deal with those kind of conditions. We saw it at Silverstone, we saw it again here. Uh, a couple more laps at Silverstone, and Camish uh, mm. would have probably won that race. Uh, but yeah, we talk about a lot what what about her? Yeah. but we know as soon as it gets cold and wet the BMWs goes backwards another driver that was fighting through the field when he needed to was Ingram uh, by lap 3 he was up to ninth from starting 17th on the grid yep. 
and we know he likes these conditions as well. And then Turkington and Sutton start battling. Yep. Sutton decided that he wanted, uh, well, sorry, Turkington decided that he wanted the lead, and the battle began. Yeah, he he made a good move on Sutton. There were elbows out from both of them. Yeah. Um, but I think it was fair racing between the two of them. Yeah, I was slightly surprised that Turkington went for it. I have to say. I mean, you're fighting the championship. You're ahead of Camish. Yes, he is ahead, but you want to push on. And I think in in those early stages, he probably had enough grip and confidence in the car to do so. Yeah, but do you want to go against Ashley Sutton? (laughs) Yeah, that is true. In a barge. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a couple of drives on the grid you don't want to try and get past. Plato, Sutton and Neil, probably the three you don't want to be trying to battle. More on those later. Yeah. I I thought it was odd how racy he was, particularly that early on, that he didn't need the win. Mm. as we'll come on to race two, perhaps his race management at times this weekend was a little brash uh, and out of character. On lap four, Cook had a rather seat-of-the-pants moment out of the back of the circuit, and I'm not quite sure how he didn't collect anyone. No, he did very well to avoid everyone, more by luck than judgment. Yes. Um, uh, we'll get on to Cook later on. It wasn't I wasn't impressed this weekend, I have to say. Um, and then at the start of lap five, um, the entertainment really started when Simpson just seemed to go straight on at Paddock Hill. Yeah, I'm not sure if he had some sort of problem or just hit a damp patch. It locked up, locked I reckon. Up on cold as the track got colder. Um, which brought the safety car out, which completely changed the race. Well, it did, because as the safety car, we found out pretty much every race this weekend a safety car was called. Yep. I have to say, at times they're quite slow in recovering some of the vehicles. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, you know, they've got to get through thick gravel, etc. Yeah. But I did think for a lot of the and the sport race as well, there was a lot of safety the, car laps. This this Simpson one was a fairly big one. They had to repair the tire barrier yes. as well. Yes, I, I um, understand that. But yeah, as the safety car comes out, the rain comes down yeah. and come down fairly consistently. Um, and we know the rear wheel drive cars struggle to keep warmth in their tires at slow speed. Yeah. Um, so Osborne was the first driver into the pits for wets on lap eight. Yeah, gambled first. Gambled first. Following that on lap nine, Neil, Chilton, Jelly, Moffat, Thompson, Morgan, Cook, Rowbottom, Blundell, Plato and Smith all come into the pits for wets. Yeah. And at the time, you're thinking, hmm, it's worth a gamble for those drivers at the back. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Particularly if Plato's already made a mistake. Yep. He's a chance to get back through the field. Neil's got a chance to do a bit of testing for yep. potential uh, conditions later on. Um and it, you know, it gave him a chance to get back in the race. Uh, it probably wasn't worth the risk for the front runners. No, um, I think it was. It would have been too much of a risk, certainly for the title contenders. Uh, Cook at this point had had his incident out the back of the circuit. He had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them that came in were just rolling the dice, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as the safety car came back in, Butcher was. Storming through, came past Sutton with ease, and then Turkington was no problem as well. Yeah, got into the lead of the race. Front wheel drive car is kind of what we've expected after these restarts in the cold. And the Hondas look after their tyres probably better than anybody else under slow conditions. I think yep. we've seen that constantly this season that the three Hondas that have been at the front the most, the Dynamics, the BTC, and uh, RCIB cars, do seem to look after those tyres really quite well. Yeah, and um, someone else that impressed me at Silverstone in the wet was Jake Hill, and he did again in race one yeah. until he had an issue he, he was quite happy pushing through the field and he had, seemed to have confidence again Jake Hill almost had the same not mistake but the same fortunes as Silverstone he was too high up to pit mm. and then when they fell away they fell away very very quickly yeah um, after the restart Camish managed to get himself up to fourth yeah um, and 
there was some t hairy moments getting past drivers there as well. He had an issue or an incident, small incident with Sutton yeah. at the top of Paddock, and that could have quite have ended his easily ended his race. Yeah, and weekend. Yeah, and I I don't know how he kept that in a straight line. Quite honestly, no. I was slightly surprised that he managed to keep that pointing forward. Um, I don't think Sutton did anything wrong in that either. I think no, it would have been a racing instance. Yeah, it's it's shoulders out and just nudging one another yeah. in those conditions yes it's difficult and you have to be more careful but it's racing the characters also know that it's raining he's only got a limited window to get to the front yep. he knows that the BMWs are going to fall away at some point but he's got to get on it now um, and I think he, he basically just thought well, if I go off I've lost nothing you know so on the first lap of the restart as well we see Osborne who was the first to come into pits for wet slide off at Sheen Curve yeah, I mean, you and I immediately said to each other, yeah, it's not wet enough. For it's wet. not wet enough, yeah. yeah. But it turns out that that was just a sheer lack of talent. <laughs> <laughs> it was odd because where we were, it was raining, but it wasn't raining hard. It was, it was in the it air. It was consistent. It was consistent, but as we, well, as I said later on, that as soon as the trees at the back got wet, yeah. every time a gust of wind blew, and there were many gusts yep. of wind, that more rain was being shook onto the circuit. And particularly, it was a lot wetter at the back than it was where we were at Druids in the yeah. first race. Um, Ingram and Sutton came together um, and Ingram was pushed wide by Sutton uh, it's again another shoulder bargey kind of uh, movement I have no problem with that move personally it's, um, yeah, it, caused, defending, but. It, it caused Ingram to drop back and resulting in that he came in and changed onto wets yep. um, but the rear wheel drive it was so obvious how how much they were struggling and how cold their tyres had got yeah because we saw them coming out of Druids and they were just squirming, getting oh, on the power. Turkin in particular was yeah. twitching so hard coming out, getting back on the power on uh, coming out of Druids. It was Jordan not so much, no, nope. but yeah, Turkin was really twitchy coming out of there. He's just he's trying to get that absolute maximum traction, yeah. but he's just overstepping it slightly. Um, on lap twelve, we were up at Druids as we've said, and Cook slowly toodles up the road and round the corner, and then we're thinking, oh. Well, that's the end of his race and his title challenge yep. uh, pulled off the road at Graham Hill and it kind of sums up his weekend really it did and then a few laps later suddenly Neil and Chilton started to look very very quick well lap 13 Neil was 24 seconds off the race lead and Tim Harvey in the commentary you love one of these confident that they were too far back in fairness to Tim, only a few more laps to go, 24 seconds, is a, a, mm. there's a lot of cars to pass at that point as well. Yeah. But by acting. Six, six laps he had to do that. Um, and he also commented that Hill's driving had been excellent in his defence just before he slid wide a Graham Hill bend and let Camish through. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, a typical curse of the commentator. Yeah. Um, so I did feel for Hill because, as I say, he was stuck in that awful situation of that he's too far up to risk going in. Yeah. Um, just like it was at Silverstone, he then had to do the best he could do on deteriorating tyres. What was surprising is that two people who didn't seem to particularly affect was Camish and Butcher once again. Mm, yeah, and Camish and Butcher, as we said, were out at the front, and then move of the season? Move of the last five. I can't think of a better move in the last five years. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? So, coming down into Paddock Hill Bend, absolute last of the late breakers and he's still breaking on turning as well and and you can see the car just running wider and wider towards the white line and you're thinking 
Go, Please get it stopped. Going downhill on slick tyres on a wet track on the wet paint yeah. near near the gravel. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be Alan Matt Jackson 2009. I think it was where he turned around, took out about 17 cars, including Matt mm. Neal and Dave Pinkney. Uh, I don't know how he didn't just switch that around on the on the wet no, paint out there. And then he managed to find enough traction out there to just drive past Butcher on the exit. Yeah. It and was stunning. It was ridiculous. We saw it from Druids and we're like. How's he done that? Some suggestions on social media that Butcher let him come through and ease off the power. I don't think so, personally. I think he got completely caught out not thinking yeah. that he would be brave or stupid enough yeah. to go out on that area of the track to try and get past. And after that, Camish wasn't looking back, was he? Oh, it was ridiculous. On the following lap, he pulled out three seconds. Yeah. And considering they're both running slick tyres, that was out of his world, really. Yeah. And then the tag team of Matt Neal and Tom Chilton came to the party, just <sighs> just helping each other get through the field, really. Just every time Matt opened a door, Chilton seemed to follow through. So they go from 15th and 16th on lap 15, and end up finishing the race second and third, passing Butcher over the line yep. on lap 18. It's like, wow, those wets have just turned on right at the end of the yeah, race. They, really did. they just hooked up at the end of the race. Um, a lot was made of, oh, it would be really difficult if Matt Neal caught Camish. What would he do? Well... It Nothing. Just He'd have yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter if if Neil doesn't. You know, if yeah. If Neil starts getting cold tyres, uh, much to do about nothing was made by Tim Harvey, as you'd expect on that point. Uh, Very much so. Um, and with Camish winning that race, um, he went up to three hundred and two points in the championship. Yeah. Turkington finished fifth, and was on three hundred and nine. Yeah. And Jordan finished down in eighth after slipping back because of those cold rear tyres and had 288 points. Now, with Cook not finishing, he was out of the title challenge by then. Yeah. And with Ingram... Not winning, was, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with Ingram coming in to change onto those wets after the incident with Sutton, he finished down in 23rd and was also out of the title fight. Yeah, he knew he had to win yeah. the race, effectively. Yeah. A big shout-out to Jack Goff, who uh, you know backed up his good form at Silverstone. Solid top-10 finish. Uh, yeah. Having been written off by us a few weeks ago, obviously he listened to the podcast and decided <laughs> that he wanted to prove us wrong, so fair uh, play Jack. And all credit to Stephen Jelly, he was the third runner on wets yep. and managed to get up into seventh. Yeah, he did. Uh, another strong showing from Ollie Jackson as well. Yeah, he's and really he, he had a strong weekend. Second half of the season, he's been excellent. Yeah. And um, also, big shot Mike Bushell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's... <laughs> He's still fairly new to, to this season, to that car. I know yeah. he's worked on it, but he's one thing working on it, one thing driving it. Yeah. Again, he, excellent performance by him. Yeah, we can see what performance there is in the car because of what Butcher was able to get out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to finish up in sixth, Butcher in fourth, it's, it's a good achievement from that team. And as I mentioned, Plato managed to uh, amend some of the damage finishing in the top 15, so he got, did get points and sort of kept his weekends there or thereabouts. Jake Hill in the end not finishing pulled off with a problem towards the end of the race yep. uh, likely due to some contact uh, earlier on um, and that pretty much I think sums up race one yeah as a full rundown we had obviously Camish finishing first from Matt Neal followed by Tom Chilton Rory Butcher Colin Turkerton in fifth followed by Mike Bushell in sixth Stephen Jelly in seventh eighth was Andrew Jordan ninth Jack Goff and tenth Ollie Jackson with the top 15 being rounded off with Sutton Kane another good performance by him yep. Moffat he'll be slightly disappointed it was a chance to make up some real ground in that um, Infinity didn't really yeah he started in 10th yeah. um, rear wheel drive again yeah. now in, and he was on slicks yeah 
Plato and Collard rounding out the top 15. Good recovery drive from Collard, actually. He qualified really, really badly yeah. and was on slicks. Yeah. Did, did fairly well in the end. Race 2. Well, race two saw uh, most of the teams not want to take a gamble uh, yeah. and go on wet tyres. Seemed an odd choice to us trackside, as it seemed yeah. it wasn't raining at this point. No. Nope. Uh, and the track, whilst not dry, decided it seemed wetter than it was in race one. Nope. Um, only four uh, cars gambled on not putting wets on. Uh, and they were right down near the back as well. So Tom Ingram being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Ollie Jackson started on uh, slicks, but then changed to wets on the grid. Uh, much to Tom Ingram's annoyance, <laughs> yeah, joking annoyance in his interview, uh, it just but in the end it did seem to work work well. Um, yeah, the the wets seemed to be the right choice, and as you say, even though we were trackside, it didn't quite make sense because we thought not raining, probably going to dry out the track. When you got what twenty six cars on wets taking water off off of the surface, you think is is it going to come to the dry runners? I mean, Chilton said on the grid drives will probably only come in from about four laps to the end yeah and he wasn't far off he wasn't far off at all uh, but slicks were definitely the wrong choice as we'll get to in a moment yeah um, the the start of this race Turkington seemed to have Noz and absolutely hooked it up from fifth on the line yep um, and by Paddock Hill he was on the outside of Camish challenging for the lead and just slotted back in behind yeah sensible uh, yeah Sensible not to take two of them off. Again, surprising perhaps he was so racy when just finishing mm-hmm. and the points would have done. But yep. um, And following uh, Turkington and such like down Paddock Hill was Goff. Slightly wonky Goff. Yeah. Got a huge tank slapper coming down the hill. I'm not sure whether there was a touch or not. It doesn't look like it to me. And then Oliphant is the unfortunate party that gets wiped out. In the words of Tim Harvey, which will be put on his grave, one was just a passenger. <laughs> uh, Tom, I mean, Tom was, in, in all fairness, Tom Oliphant was a complete passenger. Um, Goff's car effectively written off. We didn't yeah. see that again this weekend. Right. WSI did a great job of getting uh, Oliphant back out on the grid. Um, there's a lot of damage, big hit, and obviously yeah. both drivers were out quickly and okay which is the main thing Morgan was also caught up in that but didn't suffer any lasting damage although rejoined quite a way behind yeah um, and this incident did bring out the safety car yeah unsurprisingly meanwhile though Matt Neal was getting rather racy shall we say yeah I right so Matt Neal has gone down the inside of Turkington into Graham Hill Bend in the wet both on wets and there is more than a car's width there. Yeah. He's well within his rights to go for that. All four wheels are still on the circuit. And from the difficult pictures that we've seen, we believe, well I certainly believe, that he is at least alongside the B pillar, which is what is in the regulations to make a pass. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think he's kept all four wheels on the circuit. Yep. He, there's enough space by Turkey who's naturally drifting wide anyway, probably to do with the BMW cold tyres at the start of the race etc fast corner Neil is by far and away down the inside and then Turkton turns across yep. and gets turned round now if if this wasn't going for the championship this would be swept under the carpet as a racing incident yep. just like Butcher on Turkton the other week was etc etc it's because it's the championship protagonist and it's Neil's turning round Turkton <laughs> on purpose to help Camish no I, I, I personally think that if, again going back to Turkton and racecraft 
he doesn't need to defend so hard. No. If Neil goes past him on this lap, you'll get him in the next corner, or you'll get him. There's still the rest of the race to go. You don't yeah. need. It's not the last. Yeah, you know, it's not the last corner of the last lap of the yeah. last race. You can just let him kind of go through, and if you if you don't get him, you're still going to be in front of Cavendish going into race three. You're still going to be in the box seat. Yeah, it's something that Tim Harvey said going into race three is that you pick your battles. Yeah, and you pick your battles that one you think you can win or two that put you in a position later on in the race that you can win yeah. and this I know a lot of people are very split on this decision we I, saw it through reaction on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram Yeah, you're, you're always going to get that when a teammate of a title hopeful gets involved with another title hopeful I think Neil's punishment after the race is completely out of proportion as well personally the three penalty points and the and official the five, reprimand five place group Grid drop and as well. Drop. For me, it's a racing incident. I think if that happens at any other point during the season, it gets put down as racing incident. I can see why Turkin's cross. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But I wonder if he's also a little cross to himself for just you know, not giving a bit more racing room and to say at the end, oh, you, you, you trust Neil to give you room, etc. I think if you're been in this sport as long as they both have, you wouldn't trust Neil. You, a, you wouldn't trust <laughs> Neil, and B, you know full well where Neil likes to lunge at Brands Hatch. You know that. Yep. Into clearways is one of his favourite passing moves, and at the bottom of Graham Hill Bends on his yeah. favourite passing moves. If you're going to leave the door open, you've either got to make a choice: let him through, yeah. or defend it and accept you might get turned round. And actually, in fairness, it wasn't so much the contact of Neil that spun him round as then him trying to light it up on mm. wet grass, which just kept spending him into a. You know, yeah, into that, a, that dropped him all the way to the back of the field. Although the safety car was coming out, he then gambles. He goes into the pits and puts on slicks. Yeah, which quite simply didn't work no but if you're at the back of the grid which he was yep and the track was drying which it was just perhaps not as quickly as nope. well it wasn't as quickly as, as we proved later on um, it's ready to make a gamble yep um, but yeah you're right he did turn didn't come off him at all not at all uh, he was so twitchy on those slicks again wasn't he yeah. again at Druids for this one uh, and just coming out there was even more twitchy than race one he was all over the shop uh, meanwhile, in all the mayhem that ensued on that first lap, uh, Mike Bushel was given a drive-through penalty for a full start, yep. uh, which again we've seen it consistent all season and that is one thing that I've been really glad to see this season is that the majority, not all, but the majority of the stewarding decisions have been consistent between race weekends and races and the, the punishments that have been handed out have been about right. Yeah, I think that we said... On the whole. At the start of the season, we were very concerned that it should fall away after the first couple of weekends. Yeah. It hasn't done. Uh, and fair play to the stewards across the circuits. They have enforced this. Uh, at times, it's been a killjoy if you're a particular fan yeah. of a driver. And I, I know Goff and Plato seem to have flounced it the most. But in fairness, they've kept consistent on it. The punishment's been the same. If you yeah. do it, you get a drive for penalty. It's as simple as that. There's no ifs and buts. If you're outside the box, you get a drive through penalty. And that's yeah. been enforced... Yeah, fairly well. Uh, meanwhile, the safety car peels back in after about three, four laps. Um, took a good while to clear up that incident. Both cars had to be lifted. Yeah. Um, as you said, Goffs we didn't see again for the rest of the weekend. It took Turkson a long time to catch the back of the pack as well, didn't it? It certainly did. Um, although, yes, he'd made that um, pit stop, Busher had taken his drive through and come back out ahead of him. Yeah. Um, which shows how time. much time he lost being on that slick tyre, even trying to catch a safety car train. Yeah. Um, 
Sutton moved up from up two third from eleventh by lap six, and he loves these conditions, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he does. Um, that Subaru just—it's a point and squirt car, um, and when you've got the traction with wet tires on, then he knows he knows how to drive it well. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he got out in front, he never looked back. No, um, and didn't just yeah. The gappy build by the end was frankly ridiculous. Motorbase had a very strong race in this one. Yeah, they did. Um, they. Uh, they finished, I believe, with three cars inside the top eight, which I think is their best finish all season for all three drivers yeah. Yeah. Um, as a team. It's not good for Nick, is it? No. It really isn't, is it? No. The Kane's coming and scored. Straight well, away. Straight away, and as I don't even know how many more points he scored than him. Um, mm. Check that at the end, but yeah. Uh, so, Kamish battling with Sutton lets him through. Yeah, again. Quite simply. Pick the battles. Pick a battle. Uh, straight through at clearways, and as you said before, Sutton cleared off in the d- distance. And Cameron should have been told on the radio that Turk is at the back of the grid and, s- and struggling. Yeah. Don't do anything stupid, you're in the box seat here. Yeah. Yeah. Just finish in the top ten, get points. Jordan was another one making progress. It seems that if the track is fully wet, the rear wheel drives, they can they can do it. And I'd also put my neck on the line and say that Jordan is a better driver than Turk in those conditions anyway. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to say Jordan we know has got a lot of rallycross experience as well Yes, uh, has got a lot of uh, experience on changeable surfaces etc I personally think Jordan is a better driver than Turkton in wet conditions ok that's fair enough I can understand your reasoning behind that yeah. I've never been impressed by Turkton in the wet race and just thinking yeah. of the times he struggled last year at Brands Hatch he scored four points that mm. final weekend it was enough Yeah, but again it was raining and again he couldn't get the car working uh, I stand by that I don't think he's as good in the wet as a lot of other drivers are uh, as you know, Plato was coming through fairly consistently towards the end of the first race, and he did it again in this race as well. Um, he was not setting the world alight, but he was making that move maybe every lap, every two laps. Well, as if we set the world alight and you've got an engine that is, uh, it's uh, expletive here, Plato's own quote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Plato's come out to say he wants Vauxhall to develop their own engine for next year rather than use the, I believe they use the Swindon engine at the moment. Yeah. Um, um, Jordan and Neil. Elbows out, yeah. handbags at dawn. Um, but I think both of them were fairly happy with the move on each other. They knew they were going to push each other to the limit, um, coming out of Sterling's, I believe. And yeah, I think it was a fair move. Fair. And at, at the end of the day, going back slightly to the Turkish thing, if Oliphant was in the same position, you would race that a little bit harder for the mm. team. It's as simple as that. You would. If Turkington was in Neil's position with Oliphant in front and Oliphant going for the championship, you just would. Yeah. It's just how it's done. It's been that way in this sport for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Jevons moved cars out of the way for Neil oh, and yeah. vice versa. It's just been, yeah. it's what happens. It's touring cars. It's the advice of any teammate. Yeah, it is. Um, another incident in this race, full of them this weekend. It was. Well, it's a silly season. Uh, Blundell off at Druids. Just ran wide, got on the loose stuff, and slid wide into the gravel. It's a shame because every time there's a suggestion he might be getting to grips with the car and improving, he does something silly like this. Yes, he does. Uh, which brought out another safety car, which closed the field up again. Yeah. Made it nice and competitive. However, Sutton got an excellent just restart went, just went, and didn't he? bolted. Uh, Jordan managed to get past Camish with a little bit of battle, um, but I think Camish knew that okay, he can have that position but he doesn't want to lose anymore. And finally, the slicks came in on the final lap. Yeah. Well, going back to the Camish-Jordan uh, move, Jordan, Camish had been painfully aware that if Jordan gets past, he's still not going to go ahead. Oh. And equally, 
okay, you go race Ash then. Yeah. If you want to get in a tangle, yeah. Ash, you, you go for it, my son, because he, he knows that Jordan's going to put the foot down and go after Sutton. Yeah. If you can get there, good, good luck to you, because Sutton's not... Uh, Sutton's won at least one race in every season he's competed, and mm-hmm. this was the first one of the season. He was not about to let that go. Not at all. So, if you want to go race him, you do what you want, son. Um, someone who had a rather impressive, if unspectacular, race for me was Proctor. Came up from 27th on the grid to finish 11th for reverse grid pole. Yeah. I think I didn't see that coming from him. We know how good the Subaru is in the wet, um, and that's probably one of his better drives this season. I would caveat that if uh, it went his way of the safety cars, meaning the field could never yes. spread out yeah. because he's been very poor at keeping race pace this season. Yep. As we'll get on to a race three. Uh, as we said previously, Matt Neal was given post race penalty, five place grid drop points, and a fine, was it? I think it was a fine and a reprimand as well. Yep. Um, and. Which yeah. I don't think he gave too solitary. Not at all. <laughs> about, particularly if it had gone. I, I don't think, as I said earlier. Neil did not go into that with the intention of punting Turks off no. so Cameras could win the championship. It just happy coincidence it happened that way. No. And come the end of the race, obviously with Sutton win it, winning it, followed by Jordan, Camish in third. Camish then took the lead of the championship. He moved up on to 318 points from Colin Turkington on 310, followed by Jordan on 305. So the scene was set for race three. It got saucy, didn't it? It did. Um, just to clarify the final race standings for race two, uh, Matt Neal finished in fourth with Chilton in fifth, a decent race from him. Yeah. Uh, Ollie Jackson in sixth, Jason Plato in seventh after a rather large slide on the last lap. Yes. To indeed. drop back from yeah. fourth to seventh. Which in the end did him quite good. But yep. Uh, Michael Kane finished in eighth, followed by Rory Butcher, and then Stephen Jelly held it inside the top ten. Good performance on Michael Kane. I've been impressed since he's come back in. I have yeah. to say he's done so very well. Uh, rounding out the top 15, Senna Proctor, say up to 11th. Moffat, again, just didn't get through, did he? Holding ground. Yeah, just a bit meh. I think he'd yeah. prefer, I think he'd have expected to be a bit better. Yeah. Uh, Josh Cook did well to back, back from the back of the grid. Yeah, up he to 13th. Fought, fought through from 28th up to 13th. Yeah, Carl Bordley, good point for him. You know, he's not had the most successful season, but that's not. a good point. Outscored any of the other team hard guys, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and then Bobby Thompson, no, Dan Robot, I'm sorry, rounds off the top 15. Uh, a season to forget for Dan, I think. Yeah, um, probably not quite what he was expecting when coming into the touring cars from the Clio's last season. Race two. So then the scene was set. Race three. Three going in to win the title. Only one could emerge victorious. I don't think any of us could have written what was about to come. No, sun setting over the track. The sun had finally come out for the day. The wind hit up though. Yeah. It, oh God, it was windy, wasn't oh. it? Yeah. We got very cold in that last yeah, race. Very cold <laughs> um, but yeah, a completely dry race as well. No real hint of rain either. Nope. Uh, so all a field on wet tyres. Uh, sorry, on slick tyres. Slightly <laughs> sort of disappointed that Ingram didn't gamble and put a wet on them in, you know. It would have been a good way to finish the season for him. But um, As we said, Goff didn't start due to his damage from that race two incident. Yeah. Um, and Smiley was out of race three on the formation lap, having stopped at the back of the track. I wonder if it was a misfire that had been plaguing them in uh, qualifying on yep, Saturday. Quite possibly. Uh, obviously, we should say that the top 11 were reversed yes. uh, for race number three, which put Senna Proctor on pole. Uh, with Jelly alongside. Yeah. Um, and I said to you before the race, Jelly's going to be first into turn one. 
And I said to you before the race, this Jason Plater wins this. Yes, yes you did. Um, rather unusually, seeing back on the replays, Ollie Jackson has started about three foot behind his um, starting grid position. I'm wondering, A, is to make WWW short. Well, I think, yeah. Well, there was a steward right yeah. along that line. I'm also wondering if it was slightly drier there, because it's on the outside of the track, so it wouldn't necessarily mm. have been dried up as much. It's not the racing line. No. So I'm wondering if he just found a little patch of dry as so he could hook up. And yep. In fairness, he got a good start out of it. And, yeah, he did. You know, raced well. Um, as we said, Jelly led into the first corner. Um, I mean, Proctor didn't start the car, did he? He might have well, just pushed it. You might crank, crank it up, jump back in, and away we go. And he didn't get that going at all, did he? No, he didn't. I think that I'm going to go hard on him here. That pretty go much on, sums up his season, does it? There's one chance he's had to actually do fairly well. No weight on the car. Certainly, just one race, too. You yes. know, the, uh, the uh, Subaru's got pace enough to, to win here. What's he do? Completely balls up the start. Yeah, sums up his season, never got going. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Cook and Butcher were pushing forward because there was still a championship battle on for them in the independence title. Mm-hmm. And also, BTC Racing and RCRB Insurance, Cobra A&D, them, uh, were still going for the independent drive, uh, team's title. They were indeed, yeah, but it was a good battle between those two. It was a very good battle. Cook was looking very quick early on, um, made better progress than Butcher did. Yep got up behind him and just couldn't seem to find a way past. Uh, had Turkerton made up all 10 places by the end of Paddock Hill? I mean, he- uh, Not quite Paddock Hill, not but not I think at the end of, end of lap one, he was up to 15th from 25th on the grid. At the risk of being doom and gloomer, who everyone hates, it's slightly concerning that he was able to get through that quickly. I know it's, an end- yeah. I know it's a weightless car at this point, yeah. but we've been saying all season that BMW may have too much power. I mean, if, there's not, if that's not an advert for... I, either too much power or afforded some places by some very kind gentlemen. I think there's a mixture of the two. Yeah. I think that I understand that if you are one of the back markers, your race is not with Colin Turkerton, therefore yep. don't do anything stupid. Finish your heart on a high for your sponsor, etc. Don't get nope. broad. I, I get that 100%. But equally, we've seen it before, even at Silverstone the week before, he blasts through the field with too much ease at times. Yep. Part of it is down to pure racing talent. I don't disagree, he's a good driver, but it does concern me slightly how easily he got through the field. One thing that we both noticed early on in the race was Kamish's brakes. Yeah. Now as the sun was setting it was getting darker. It was. And it was very noticeable the orange glow that was coming from the front wheels. Well I thought the sun had set onto the circuit because the the brakes were were hotter and redder than the sun. Yeah. Um, And from lap two we were thinking "That's, that's not right. Yeah, I was. We were worried pretty much as soon as he came through the second time round. We thought, mm. blimey, they are red already. Meanwhile, lap three, Plato hits the front, hits the front, and scarpers. I mean, absolutely, he got a good start. Let's not get away he from got, it. He, got he, a, a, he did get a very good start. Yeah, he got an absolute demon start. Tried to go around the outside of everybody on the first corner, uh, and then slotted back in uh, third. I think that third. Point? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's. It was classic Plato moves as well. Nice late breaks into Paddock Hill, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and was quite easily in the lead as well. A good prediction from you. His moves for second was fantastic as well. Yeah. Beautifully timed down the inside of Proctor. Yeah. Uh, clearways, that was also going up to, yeah, through clearways. Beautiful on the brakes. No contact. Just And he did run, uh, sorry, did one run Proctor wide, but completely fairly. Yeah. Uh, no real contact. 
Plays of old, that move. Yes, most definitely. Um, I said Cook was pushing through the field. He had some incidents pushing through the field. Came yeah. together with Chilton. Yeah, a couple of surprises there. A, Cook hasn't been like that all season. No. Nope. And I know he had to try and get his way through. Yeah. But Title on the line for him. It's a poor move on Chilton. Surprised Chilton didn't get it going again, I have to say. Yeah. But partly wondered. He got out of the car quite merrily. He'd already won what he needed to win this weekend. Yep. Partly wondered. Did he just want to get an early champagne? Um, <laughs> uh, he then had further incident trying to get past Proctor. Um, I think he was down the inside enough. Yeah, I do as well. I think it was a robust um, move, but yeah. I think that the Chilton one, you know, he was nowhere. He was yeah. too far back, and he. It's almost like a swipe across the back, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, Chilton goes right on a corner at his left. That yeah. tells you sort of where Cook was put you know, put in his car in relation to Chilton. So the Proctor one, he went off the same way the corner turned. Yeah. For me he's down the inside. Proctor yeah. should have given more room. I accept that one's probably okay. Um and then sort of like midfield gradually bunched up. Yeah. Turkington was making his way through at this point he was only what two positions behind Camish, yeah. Ingram in between. Jackson a little bit further up the road. Then he made a slight mistake on lap seven, which brought him back into that battle with Camish, Ingram, Turkington. And he just sat there. Yeah. His defensive driving, to be fair, was excellent. Uh, people have had a go at him for being too slow, etc. He's, you know, it's not up to him to start the championship. He's got to drive for nope. a seat next season. Yep. A team that's just lost his major sponsor. Yeah. I don't think he did anything wrong. He put the car in the middle of the road. He defended well. He's why should he let Camish and Turkey through? There wasn't any moving under brakes. There wasn't any rash or unfair moves. No. Why should, and why should he let him through? Exactly. I've just moaned about cars that in. Uh, Turkington through early on. I'm, I'm happy that Jackson decided to give it his all. Turkington was able to get past Camish. Yep. Um, which was a completely fair move. Yeah, yeah. Um, sold him one, went up the inside. Although by this point, we should also say that players have gone round Jelly at Paddock Hill Bend at this yeah. point for the lead of a, another very well timed move. And yeah, Jackson continued his defence in front of Camish. And then the script to end all scripts, I think. Yeah. So you really could not write it. So Ingram had also snuck past Jackson at this point as well. Uh, as Turkington went through, he took Ingram with him. Yep. Um, Ingram had already lost out to Turkington uh, for a fair move. Uh, Turkington showed a bit of race now at last. Uh, he did push Jackson going mm. into Druids, uh, was all ready to go past and then backed off. For a push to pass. Which, in fairness, yep. you know, did very well to... All credit to be thinking about what consequences that small move could have yep. in the whole whole light of things and in fairness Jax as well didn't really bother him he still oh. drove his race and Turkton yeah. did then yeah, get past fairly and the the field then closed up Morgan seemed to come out of nowhere um, and really raced up behind um, Camish and Jackson and then going down at the bottom of the hill into the outer reaches of the circuit on the penultimate lap and we just see the big screens cut to this Honda Yuasa racing going backwards into the wall. I, first of all, I was like, is that Neil? Please be Neil. Yeah, I want it to be Neil. I did want it to be Neil. Um, but unfortunately, it was later found out that Camish had a sticky brake caliper uh, and had it fail on the left-hand side and put himself out of the race. And we believe it is due to how hot they were running and how he brakes he brakes yeah. left foot braking and therefore brakes a lot harder than a yeah. lot of the other drivers do uh, Ingram also brakes left foot braking he, his, he his was running also, hot his was glowing so um, was Neil's and so was Proctor's yeah. by the end yeah um, um, it's it's not something that we're used to seeing 
uh, brakes running that hot. Brakes failure, full stop in the touring yeah. cars. What's also slightly worrying for, for how for Jurassic is that Neil had a similar problem at Horn Park. Yeah. That's now, just popped into my mind yeah, as well. Um, was it on the same side as well? I think it was. It caused the wheel to explode off, didn't it? Yeah. Um, on the same side yeah, as well, it did. I think. So have Halford's got a problem there? I don't now, know. Now, Camish has put this down to following Jackson for an extended amount of time and not being able to cool the brakes. Yeah. However, you're a racing driver. You, you can get out from behind that and be able to cool the brake. You see it in F1 constantly. With the amount of cooling issues that they suffer from, they're able to pop out from behind, get that nice cool air coming into the car, coming into the brakes, to be able to cool everything down, and that's that's race management. Also, Camish had his chance to pass Jackson. Jackson went wide, yep. got a bit of a to-do, and Camish could and probably should have forced the issue then to get past him if he yep. felt that strongly. I say I've got no. I'm a big Camish fan. And yep. I was absolutely heartbroken. Still am. That <laughs> the thing is, if Turton wins it on the track, you go fair play, but. That was so horrible because it's out of, completely out of your control. I can tell you now, the drive home was extremely quiet. It was. It was absolutely <laughs> point. But I don't think you can blame Ollie Jackson for this. I say, the no. guy's got to race for his seat in yep. the sport next season. He's not pushed Kamish off in the same way. Nope. There's not been an incident like near the Turks in race two. Kamish just couldn't get past him. And why should you get out of the way? I, it's very disappointing for Kamish, obviously, that that's happened now. His first retirement of the season, only a second retirement of his British touring car career. Yep. But suddenly, Turkington against all odds wins. Yeah, takes his fourth British touring car title. Meanwhile, Plato is the thirteenth different winner of the season and finally gets his season win. Deserved as well, I think. This yeah. season, I've enjoyed watching Plato again this season. I have to say, he's. As he said, he's back in the Marshall bus, which means he's doing something right. He's <laughs> found his mojo, hasn't he? He has. It's, it's good to see him back on the grid with a smile and a joke. Although I have to say, if I see another copy of his book somewhere, I might just, <laughs> just smack him in the head. Uh, he's no, been pushing it, hasn't he? He has, but you know what? It's just so good to see him back at the front. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but he does bring a lot of people to the sport. We've been, I've been to four events this year, and I'm telling you, the pit lane walkabout, the queue to get to Plato's stall is twice if not three times the size of anybody else's it is yeah. absolutely crazy so just to finish off for the final race of the season have a final classification we had Jason Plato finishing for first from Rory Butcher Ash Sutton managed to get up from uh, 11th on the grid to third did it very quietly as well didn't he yeah. good race uh, good race for him Jordan finished fourth which means that he finished level on points with Camish one more place would have won in the title yeah and he only finished a cam finished ahead of Camish due to the amount of wins that he had this season. I'd also point out effectively if he hadn't had that crash on into Park, he'd have won the title. Oh yeah. Comfortably as well. Comfortably. I'm actually quite gutted for AJ. I whilst I have nothing against Turkson, he was out of the three, was my least was my bottom choice to win. Yeah. Out of the three who could win it. I mean I know Cook and England could have done, but they never never going to realistically. Out of yep. the three I'd have had Camish, Jordan or Turkington. Jordan very emotional on the grid um, with Louise before this race. I think, despite what some of the rumours are today, mm -hmm. I think his race in touring cars is done for at least a couple of seasons. Okay. But we'll get onto that onto the onto the uh, season review and silly season predictions. Yep. Uh, so fifth finished Josh Cook, missing out on the independent title because Rory Butcher finished ahead of him. Colin Turkington finished in sixth, gaining him enough points to win the title. Tom Ingram, valiant effort to seventh on the grid. I can't wait for next year for that car. I know. I really can't. <laughs> I can't. I mean, yeah. 
the thing is there's lots of drivers here that deserve to win titles and obviously they can't all win one but no. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ian Griffin will do in that car next year Ollie Jackson finished off an excellent weekend for him excellent second half of the season um, in 8th Adam Morgan finished ninth with Tom Oliphant fighting back through the field after that accident in race 2 to 10th Oh, that's my point though about the BMWs because no one's going to be letting him through and the same no. they're going to be letting Turkey through. Yeah. Uh, rounding out the top 15, Stephen Jelly, uh, a decent weekend, perhaps a little bit of what could have been. Yeah, slipped back quite a long way. Yeah, I didn't realise how far he'd slipped. Well, some was a lack of talent on his own part sliding wide. He was also tapped a fair few times. Um, you do feel for him and likes of him and Simpson that when they get to the front, they do seem to be a magnet for trouble. Yep. Uh, Jake Hill, again, what could have been, but a solid 12th for him. Matt Neal fell away horrifically in this race in uh, 13th with Moffat and Bobby Thompson rounding out the top 15, who was sporting a rather nice livery this weekend, uh, which was Time to Talk, uh, a mental health charity there. So for one last time, let's go through the final standings of the year. So as we've mentioned, Turkton took the title by two points from Jordan and Camish, uh, second and third. Josh Cook... Uh, beat Butcher and Ingram uh, so actually a good season for Cook to finish fourth yep. uh, Butcher I mean who would have put him as a top five finisher at the start of the season it's, what a breakout season for him it's an excellent season for him and for that team I mean I saw a post on the Instagram ten years ago mm. they were starting out in the golf yeah. and from where that team have come from to where they are now is an excellent rise for such what be, began as such a small team and dare I say Tim Harvey got Butcher absolutely spot on last year at Silverstone we mocked Harvey saying <laughs> that Butcher could be the one to come through the back of the field in that MG we thought no he can't yeah. uh, Harvey was singing his praises back then saying what a good driver he is and I think this has been a seminal season for him excellent effort Ingram to finish sixth in a car that he's had no experience in I mean and four wins and four wins no other podiums though no other podiums yeah that is that is a strange stat but I like that one. I like that one. Uh, Ingram's an incredible driver. And Plato, seventh in the championship, beats Ashley Sutton. That would be a little <laughs> bit sweet for him. And beats his old rival, Matt Neal. So, uh, yep. fantastic season for Plato. And uh, rounding out the top ten, uh, Tom Chilton, who did well to finish in the top ten in the end, uh, with some questionable weekends, shall we say. Yep. And now, of all the drivers that have finished the season, that started the season, everyone has scored points. Yep. Which I think we both predicted. We did. We did. What's quite stunning, looking at the final table, is that uh, look at how many points that uh, Michael Kane and, Kane Bushel, and Mike Bushell have bought in. They finished 24th and 25th, having raced uh, three weekends and two weekends, yep. respectively. And Bushell only got points in one of the races at Knock Hill, I think, yeah. if any, and he's scored 27 points. And Michael Kane's come in and scored 16 points in two weekends. I mean, it doesn't look good for Nick, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't want to bash on him too much. Um, but, but, but fair play to the MGs, scoring two points each um, in Accelerate Most Sport. We we know that they're probably the poorest car on the grid. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing a driver review as part of the uh, end of season review. Um, but I think they've done as best as they can do in the equipment they've got. I mean, they are so slow. Yeah, they are. Uh, but yeah, no other big surprises really, um, except R Tordoff didn't get caught by Smiley, which is a slight surprise considering that due to the... Uh, Smiley didn't have a great weekend this weekend. He's not had a great second half of the season, no. is he? We, we, we really thought he was going to up, be up there supporting Cook, um, especially with BTC Racing going for the Independence title. Mm. Um, but yeah. I'm surprised Tordoff hasn't fallen down the order more, mm. uh, which is a testament to how good a season he was yes. having up to that point, I think. Most definitely. For sure. 
Moving on to the manufacturers then, uh, no surprise here, BMW storms a victory there from Honda. Vauxhall beats Subaru again, a nice little uh, <laughs> nice little plot there, twist there between the Plato and BMR boys. Uh, moving on to the teams, Hyalfords, Uasa Racing beat Team BMW. Of course, Jordan's points don't count towards Team BMW. No, quite simply, the um, first race pretty much put it beyond doubt with that 1-2 yep. and Neil coming through the field. Um, yeah, it, it did all they needed. Yeah, it puts WSI in a slightly awkward position, re Oliphant, because he hasn't perhaps performed talent like. Didn't get a win all season. No, but his second half of the season has been far stronger. Yeah. And I think it's the case of the first half of the season he was learning a rear wheel drive car. Because yeah. um, obviously he was in the Mercedes the year before. Uh, but I think he's, he's kicked on well enough. And I said to you, he's very similar to the Bottas figure. He's not going to yeah. cause a fuss, he's not going to get in the way of Colin in the same way Andrew has. Um, He's a good wingman to have, I think. Yeah, and again, in team standings, Cobra managed to finish ahead of BTC Racing by 24 points. And the fact that both of those two beat Sterling Insurance, Powermax, and Team Shredded Wheat, that's quite impressive. You've got driver lineups yeah. there. That's pretty good. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Independent Drivers' Trophy. Mm-hmm. And as we said, Rory Butcher takes the title by two points from Josh Cook. Um, a very tight race uh, to that title, and it all went down to the wire. It did indeed. Uh, Tom Chilton will be disappointed that he was that far out of touch in the end. That's a quick math, 70 point gap from him to Cook. He'll be disappointed that, with that, I think. But Cook and Butcher have been excellent all season, uh, and I'm personally really happy for Roy Butcher. I think he's been excellent this season. Yes. In the independent teams, it, it wasn't quite as close as the previous championship suggested. Uh, Cobra Sport have run out fairly well winners yep. over BTC Racing with 4.87 to 4.58. I think the reason they've been is that they've often had strong weekends, Cobra, both uh, mm. cars have scored well, whereas BTC have had a good weekend where Cook's got a yep. win, but Smiley's not done well and vice versa. Um, and I was quite impressed with how much Shredded Wheat managed to close up this weekend. I think you've got um, Ollie Jackson to thank for that. Yeah, I mean, they've only finished, what, 27 points behind BTC yeah. Racing, um, which is a good showing for good them. Ex- good effort. And the Jack Sears Trophy was won by Rory Butcher as well, obviously, in the end. for drivers that haven't had a podium um, before this season. Uh, yeah, as you say, comfortably in the end from Tom Oliphant. Uh, and Bobby Thompson in third. He'll be happy with that in his debut season. Uh, yeah, he'll be happy with that. And finally, we do have the final forever forward season. Close in the end. The it was three. close. Um, two drivers in there you probably wouldn't expect. Yeah. You'd expect Morgan to be up the front more, um, but he's made a lot of progress through the field this season, taking it with 129 overtakes. And we worked that out as about, what, 4.6 overtakes a race. A race. Yeah. Uh, Matt Neal second, 124, and Aidan Moffat. He's had a that's quite impressive because he's swapped cars halfway through. Yeah. And we've been a bit down on him. That's quite good. And he actually takes the um, award for the most overtakes in one race. Yes, which was the one at Silverstone where he did 27. Incredible. Well, should we move on to for the last time the awards of the day? Yes, I think we should. Okay, who is your driver of the day? It has to be. Despite all that's been said before, Colin Turkington. Okay. Um, to have the resolve in race three, albeit you may question the power or the cars that go through, he still had to be mentally prepared to go into that race, knowing that it realistically was probably all over. Even when he got in front of Kamish, to still have the uh, 
the mental strength to keep going, knowing that he was in front, but it still wasn't enough, and yeah. he had such a big gap to make up, etc. He also he put that car on pole comfortably. Mm-hmm. Race one, he did incredibly well in. Yeah. Um, it he only fell apart in that race because of conditions. He still finished in the top six. Yeah. In a car that we know doesn't do, work very well. Uh, race two, we've said our piece on that. Yeah. But then race three, he can't swim through the field, and ultimately he's the champion for a reason. Well, I'm going for driver of the day being Camish because quite simply that is one of the best drives to come back from the position that he was in after qualifying on yep. Saturday to be 12th on the grid, not not where he want, not where we would expect, and then to come through one win the race, yep. two then finish third in race two, and despite everything that happened, if that break has been fine then I think he would have quite comfortably come home and taken enough points to win the title, yeah. which, going into that final race, was the first time that he'd led the championship all year. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you for Kamish. Um, he did put a foot wrong, no. practically all season, let's be fair. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a mechanical fault that's cost him. I just, I say, I can't be persuaded out of Turkton. I think that whoever of the 3-1 would have won on merit, and mm. I can't take it away from Turkton. Who was your drive or surprise of the day then? Uh, Ollie Jackson. Yep. Three top ten finishes. Super second half to the season. Yep. He looks comfortable out in the front runners now, doesn't mm. he? Yeah, yeah. He looks. He can hold his own against them. He's not phased by them. Um, just yeah, three really good top ten uh, finishes, which helped, as you said a minute ago, shred a week, close the gap. Um, and for someone, as I've mentioned quite a few times, who will be looking mm. to secure a place next season, yep. he's uh, certainly made a strong case for himself to be back on that grid. Uh, my surprise was quite simply how Turkington came through the field in that final race mm-hmm. and yes the BMW's got maybe excessive power and people may have been moving out of the way but that's a champion's drive it was which is why he's my drive of the day yeah. uh, I don't know if you saw after qualifying Kamish uh, referred to as the BMW as a DTM car yes. um, I do think if they're going to use that car again next year something needs to be looked at uh, mm. going into the season um, but WSI haven't broken any rules as far as we're concerned um, or as far as Toka are concerned they have built a hell of a car um, I did see a comment suggesting that why don't you do it you the Ginettas everyone gets the same engine you mm. then see on who can get the best setup yep. who can be the best driver I wouldn't be against that but it would then potentially mean people at BMW pulled out as manufacturers because they're not there to yep. do their own engines um, but yeah Turkton did do very well um, to calm his way through the field who is your team of the day then? Uh RCIB Butcher's team Yeah, I'm not going to go through the long name um, they secured the three things that are available to them yep. Jack Sears independent driver independent team what more can you ask for for a weekend yeah that's fair enough I've gone for Halfords Uassa, um because as I said Camish came through to win Matt Neal had a storming drive through to second and was there as his rear gunner yep. in inverted commas for race two yes he dropped away in race three but effectively he'd done what was needed. Yeah, they, they beat BMW to the title. Yeah. Um, as Fred said, going back to my point about how strong BMW had been, ultimately Honda did beat them, which, yep. and Kamish was two points away from beating them and was two minutes away from beating them. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I would like to see it even closer with less dominance. I mean, last season before last, practically had, how many winners did we have last season? 17. 17, so we were yeah. five short of this one. Yep. Cambridge is also going back to him with your driver days now do we say he had 13 podiums throughout the season so he effectively had yeah half, 13 or 14 yeah effectively I think 14 had, after that second race so effectively had half of the season on the podium which is yeah. stunning 
Absolutely stunning. Uh, who was your villain of the day then? Um, you're going to probably raise an eyebrow. It's Josh Cook. Mm. He didn't. Go on then. Race one, mistakes. Okay, had a bit of car failure as well, but yeah. mistakes. Race three, mistakes. Yeah. Ultimately lost out to Butcher, who yeah. you'd be, if you were to say on paper, who would you expect to win? You'd probably say Cook. Bit yeah. more experience, better car on paper. Um, I just wasn't particularly impressed with him this weekend. He didn't. He had a lot of chances to win this weekend uh, and to beat Butcher. Um, and I think he was actually in the strong position at the start of the day to beat Butcher. Yeah. He and was. he didn't. That's fair enough. Uh, my villain is slightly left field. Okay. It's Matt Simpson. Yeah, big crash in race one. Well, went out in qualifying. Yeah. Didn't actually set a competitive time because you lose your fastest. Then had that big crash and didn't finish the other two races. No. Which, it, it's poor and we know what that car can do. Yeah, he's not had a good season. He's not had an excellent season, no. We have seen him be more competitive in previous seasons. And I'd, I'd like to see him get back to that sort of competitiveness because I think he's a decent driver. He's certainly not the worst on the grid. Oh, no. Far from it. Yeah. yeah, he's a race winner and he's a race winner for a reason. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, he's not had a great season. But a lot of drivers haven't had a good season, have they? I mean, no. if you look at it, Adam Morgan's not had a great season. Robottom's not been particularly good. No, but we're going to cover all of those. We are. In our final podcast. Before we get there, have you got any other business for this weekend? Because I do. <sighs> it was cold. It was cold. It was a bit damp. It was damp. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Bobby Thompson's disappointed me. Promise of millions on the uh, Instagram. That not, not the money. Not the money, no. The, the no. sweet. Sweet. I got a millions bag in the pit lane. Did it have any sweets in there? No. Did yours? No. no. <laughs> I wonder if they only had two packets and weren't expecting such a rush. <laughs> um, but yeah, no millions. I didn't get to try the Iron Brew millions. Very disappointed. Um, don't come back to the touring cars, Bobby. You've let us all down. Joking. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, that concludes Brands Hatch Review and indeed the season. Uh, we will be doing a season review where we rate the drivers, teams and start talking silly season rumours for next year. Yep. Uh, some of our own rumours probably and some that we've seen. Uh, they will include Master 3 touring cars perhaps and team uh, merging, team get, getting extra cars. But we'll cover all that in due course. That'll be about a week from now. Yep. Um, Sam, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's been different. It's something that we've both never really done before. And we've loved seeing, especially over these last couple of weeks, the amount of support that we've mm. gathered. Um, we can't thank you enough. No. Nope. Um, and we will be back next season. Absolutely. Back stronger. Yeah, hopefully. Like Dan Kamish. <laughs> um, but yeah, enjoy the 163 days until qualifying at Donington. There's a media day before then. Um, yeah, possibly could go to it. Could do. We could get to six tracks next year as well. Yeah, there being two at Silverstone and two at uh, Brands, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. But we hope that you'll join us next year. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 